0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Rob Evans 365. It's day number 1305. Sunday morning, heading off to the gym for a workout. Now, it's probably mid morning, I can't see the time right now. It's about to turn 10 a.m. Favorite day of the week for me by far. I get the opportunity to have my only real sleep in for the week where you know, commitments don't don't really matter. I have different commitments I guess on a Sunday. they're more, It's more relaxed. I don't have to uh, get up and go to client commitments. It's my only day of the week where I don't have client facing commitments. Uh, this is also the first Sunday I've had in uh, quite some time where I haven't had to uh, worry about going to the hospital. Uh, it's the weekend where I don't have the kids. So it's a weekend where I celebrate some time for myself and also use that time to help grow myself a little more. And I grow my business and do those things that that I want to do and like take some more time out for myself. I have a nap on a Saturday. I normally have a nap on a Sunday as well. And... It's an opportunity, like I said, to go to the gym to do a workout, do my best workout of the week (laughs) normally, because I don't have to rush. I just spend some extra time there. If it takes me more than an hour to do it, then you know that's fine. I'll take the just time out to enjoy the experience as opposed to each day rush, 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 rush. Uh, Now, for me, the gym is such an important part of. Uh, what it is that I do, and excuse me, I'm just about to have a pre-workout drink mouthful. So for me to be able to do that and take that time out was really special to me. Whereas some people are like, oh, it's the weekend, why would I want to go to the gym? For me, it just connects me so much to me and success uh, that I just enjoyed even more. I wanted to, today, just talk a little bit about you know, who you are and what you think you're capable of doing. And I've been watching, uh, just on my, my other screen while I'm doing some work at the, at the moment, a bit about Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady, they call him the greatest of all time. Uh, quarterbacks, some people may argue differently about that, but results don't lie. Uh, seven Super Bowls, uh, incredible uh, leader and incredible skill at what he's been able to do in order to be able to achieve that. No one else has achieved what he's been able to achieve. And yet, you might look at him and say, wow, I would never be able to do that. He's just you know, gifted with all these great talents etc and that's enabled him to to do that and you could never be that way what you may not know about him is that he was the 199th draft pick in the year that he was drafted six more, I think he's was either the sixth or six other quarterbacks were drafted before him before the New England Patriots picked him up and when you have a look at him, the reason that he was uh, you know, overlooked by so many teams was that on paper, he didn't look very good. You know, he was slow, he was he's tall, uh, but he was he's slow, he didn't have the best arm, uh, you know, all his results were just not, not great on paper. But here's where none of the testing identified. And you hear uh, some of the coaches talk about this now. On not one of those tests did they cut open his chest and look at his heart. And it was his heart that was so greater than everybody else. And I watched this um, you know, bit of a documentary about him and that process of all those people that were picked ahead of him. And the, you know, the ones that were picked as draft number one, two, three, through six, some of them only played 10 games. Some of them didn't last beyond the first season. Some of them didn't last beyond you know, the first couple of games. Even though they were good on paper, they didn't come through with what was required. Like whether it be the mindset or, um, you know, whatever it was, they were just lacking what it took. And then Tom Brady came along and he sat on the sidelines pretty much for a year once he'd been picked up by the New England Patriots. I'm going to pull in and get some petrol, so I'm going to pause for a moment. My God, petrol's almost a dollar. Oh geez it's two dollars and two almost three cents for the high premium fuel. That is ridiculous. I don't think I've ever had to pay that much. For me, it'll be about a dollar eighty-nine. My God, that's so expensive. Um, hold that thought about Tom Brady and greatness. I'll be back in a moment. Wow. That is the most expensive tank of fuel I've ever purchased, $99.96, my god. I think the most expensive tank before that was about uh, $85, goodness. Anyway, back to the greatness, and looking at Tom Brady, and on paper, he was just nothing. That's why he was so overlooked. Sat on the sidelines for 12 months. And then when he was given that opportunity, that's when he started to excel. And people are like, wow, this guy's really got something, got something great here. He, he uh, wasn't the most athletic person, but he had the focus. He was incredibly hardworking, studied the plays, understood how to, uh, you know, Get the ball to to the right person at the right time. Incredible. You, you watch him um, and that arm of his. Even though it wasn't the strongest arm ever, it was his unrelenting, never give up attitude and great work ethic and the consistency. I think I heard uh, something like he played 111 games straight uh, where so many others were getting injured with, you know, requiring rotator, rotator cuff surgery and, and different things due to, uh, to injuries but he uh, managed to, to get through so consistently and he's only just recently retired uh, at the end of this season. They didn't make the, uh, I don't know what you call it, all the playoffs or whatever to uh, get through to the, you know, the Super Bowl Uh, So he's 45 years of age and retired. The oldest quarterback ever. Um, Just uh, a love of the game. And uh, it's time for him to to retire, he said. Uh, At age 45, incredible. People thought he should have gone when he was in his... Like early 30s kind of thing or mid-30s. But he played on because of the, the love of the game. And so... The message here is you may not be the smartest person. You may not may not be the most athletic person. You may feel that there are things in your past that dictate how successful you've been in life. I look at my childhood and I think, wow, you know, I was short. I was bullied. I... Didn't have many friends. I wasn't the smartest kid. I struggled with understanding how to learn information. And I came up with this idea that the only way I could learn was by rope learning and remembering. You know, I just had to constantly go over and over stuff so that it, it sank into me. And without necessarily understanding it, I would just, okay, if I can remember it. That was my philosophy. I don't understand this, but if I can remember it by just attaching uh, like words to different things and just remember that, then that would get me through. And it wasn't later until I developed a, a better learning style for me. And I, when I could understand it, it made it better. And the key there for me was find something that you really love. And then it's so much easier. To understand it, because you develop this this love, this passion for for uh, learning, because it's something that you're interested in. And then I just found that I knew stuff. It's so, like oh, look at that. And then when it came to uh, sports, I thought, well, you know, I'm, in Australia here when I was a kid, it was pretty much football and and uh, cricket. And, you know, I loved those sports. But at the end of the day, I was too little. Like, I was a tiny kid. Like, kids were, like, 40%, 50% bigger than me. And so, uh, you know, they were more like adults' bodies, and I was like a primary school body. And so I couldn't compete against these kids because they were, you know, just way way bigger. They were faster. They were stronger. They were more skilled than I was, but I I loved the sports, but I couldn't do them, so I just played them in the backyard and normally by myself. So I didn't have any any friends, so my my best friend was my chimney at home, and uh, you know I would use that uh, to throw the ball against and catch and practice and and do all that kind of stuff. But I knew that uh, you know I wasn't going to be a top level sportsman in you know in that. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to be an Olympian because I, I loved the Olympics, but I didn't. Um, I didn't have the skills to be able to do it, and I didn't have the direction. I didn't have the connections to say, "Well, actually, you, you know, you're at at your height, you're good for you're built for this sport," or um, you know, what have you got an interest in? Like I loved golf, for instance. And my grandmother played golf and I used to borrow her golf clubs. And I would just practice at home and I loved it. Uh, But I'd never had any coaching. And I've always felt that if I had the right coaching, I would have been a really good golfer. Now, I'm probably, um, um, you know, like right now, if I went out on the course, I would probably be about, what would I say, most of course I play and I got a par of about 72. I'm getting around about, you know, like 92, something like that. So I'm probably a 20 to 25 handicap player like right now. i uh, not playing very often. And I just know that if I joined a club and I competed and if I I had that time then I'd be a single a single figure handicap player. Why? Because that would be my drive, what I would want to get to. And I would get there because I'd be so driven to be able to do it and if I got the coaching and everything. Uh, but for me, that is a, it's about time. Uh, I, I'm not the most talented. I'm a short player. I don't have long arms, long limbs, long levers to be able to hit those huge shots that you see you know, these, these players uh, hit. But if I got the right coaching and found out how I could just at least get the most out of me and the best out of me, uh, I would be absolutely confident. I would be a single figure, even a scratch player, potentially to go professional if I wanted to. If I had of worked at it, from you know when I was a when I was a kid, for me I loved it, but it was just a case of uh, the time and money. Really, I was, didn't have the money to buy a good set of clubs to have coaching. I wasn't encouraged that way. And then when it comes to cycling, my dad he was a professional cyclist, and I I did love cycling as well. But for whatever reason, whether him and mum just decided that they weren't going to get the kids to do cycling because they didn't see it as a career or they saw it as too dangerous, too many injuries, etc., I don't know. Uh, but they never encouraged me to get into that. And again, I think I would have been good at the cycling, maybe track cycling. Um, but again, maybe again, I don't have the, the body for that. I probably am more built for riding in the mountains, uh, which I hate riding up hills. <laughs> uh but again same thing if if that was something that i developed an affinity for and you know with the training and coaching then maybe i would have been a really great cyclist uh as well not because i am genetically built for any of those things uh because i'm not but it comes down to my drive and uh you know i i loved the cycling part of it i loved you know, the golf part of it, and with just that right, right guidance, I think I would have gone on to uh, do ex- incredibly well in those, in those areas. It's just that the, the opportunities weren't there. But I had the heart to do it and the belief that I could do it. Just like Tom Brady, he knew that he, once he was given the chance, look out, he would prove to everybody that he was going to be the best at this. And that's what he was. Uh, for me, uh, I adopt those same principles to my body, to my health, and to my business, to everything that I do. You know, I want to be the best version of me. I don't have to be the you know the best dad in the world. I want to be the best dad that I can be. I want to have the best body that I can have for me, the best health I can have for me. There are so I'm about to step into the gym now. Uh, there. Are probably, if if there were a hundred of us in the room, probably ninety nine others have better genetics than me. You know, they're, they're taller. They have longer muscle fibers. Um, you know, probably better, uh, better shape and everything. Uh, but I can still be the hardest working, the most focused, the more consistent. So I guarantee you this: out of those hundred people, there's probably only one that's super focused like me. Only one that's got the same work ethic, the consistency. And that's what I want you to hear today. You may be overweight. You may believe that you are not the smartest person in the room. You are uh, looking at your past and feeling that, well, I've never been successful in the past. So therefore, I can never be successful and that's not true. It's absolutely not true and I'm living proof of that. I don't think I was born physically to be great at anything. But what it comes down to is making those choices as to what you do want to be great at. And nobody's cutting open your chest to see the size of your heart and to see what you're truly capable of. People can judge you, but they can't see what's inside you. They can't see the heart that you've got, the work ethic, the consistency that you have. And that is not something that necessarily comes overnight. One thing I know of myself is from a very early age, and I can recognize it from the age of 16, that there was something in me that was highly well no let's go back it was from age 11 when i started learning the bagpipes i was driven to succeed at that i wanted to be the best at it so i practiced and practiced i didn't have the most uh, you know the most ability i didn't but i was driven driven to succeed driven to have a high work ethic And I carry that forward today with what I do. It doesn't matter what I do. If I was a cleaner, I would be the best cleaner that I could be. I'd be the most focused, I would would plan, I would be diligent, I'd have a great work ethic. If I cut grass, I would do the same thing. If I was a marriage counsellor, I would do the same thing. I would bring my great mindset, my consistency, my goals, my hunger to improve myself to whatever it is that I did. And that's what you can do too. It's not about your genetics, it's not about what's happened in the past, it's about what you can do from this point forward. And if you have been living in the past for so long, then don't do that. You know, Think about what you can be doing from this point on. Like I'm 53 years of age and still believe that I haven't reached my greatest potential in any area yet. And that keeps me excited about what's to come. Excited about the results that I get from working hard and working harder and staying focused. And I guarantee you this, like Tom Brady, even though he has stopped like he's retired, being a quarterback, and you think, "Oh, well, he's got so much money; he, he's just going to be kicking back and doing nothing now." There is no way that he will do that because you don't get to become the greatest in any area of, of you know, anything, and then just stop. You can't. You stop when you die. Because what drives somebody to be that successful? There's a passion that burns within you that just doesn't die. And if you're saying, well, yeah, I'm just not passionate about anything, you are. Maybe you're just not focusing on the areas where you're passionate. Maybe you're not focused enough on finding what you're really passionate about. And uh, look, I was like that for years too. So here's the example I can give you in in this before I go. Very driven from from age 11. But not knowing what career I wanted to do. And found that... So let me just finish off this drink. Found that I was struggling to be good at school. And people were talking about the career, you know, from year 10. You have to start making choices for year 11 and year 12 subjects. Which is then going to determine which course you're going to do in university etc etc so that you can determine what ultimately what job you're going to do and when i was going through school pretty much you might have expected to have a a couple of job changes in your life but certainly not a career change and so i was thinking i don't know what i want to do you know people were very clear they were great students they were like a a plus students i was like um my highest grade, I think I might get an A from time to time, but it was like B+, plus, B, C, some Ds in there as well. So I just didn't like the subjects. So I didn't understand how to, to learn properly, like I said before. And so I found those subjects that I was good at, like I was good with numbers and, and we did a business subject and then I thought, okay, well, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, so accounting seemed to be the, the logical choice. So I went down that path. And so once I got to uni, my goal was to be the best uni student that I could be. Yeah, I wanted to uh, win awards and that kind of stuff, but I wasn't, I wasn't smart enough to, to do that. So, but instead, I became the best student that I could be. And I developed through my uni years how to plan, how to study. And I studied the best techniques of study. So that I could be the best person at that, I watched TV shows that were about people at university. Uh, I used to watch this show called The Paper, and uh, it's very, very old now. would look very dated, but I was addicted to it. I loved it. It was about these, this guy going through law school, how he took his notes, the you know the challenges, etc. And it inspired me to do better myself. And I found the best techniques for me that worked. And it was really, really exciting. And even though I didn't win awards, I was getting high distinctions, I was getting distinctions, and I think the lowest was kind of like a credit, Uh, but I was an average distinction, high distinction student, Uh, because I said, I want to be the best that I can be, because at the end of this, I wanted to get a graduate position with a chartered accounting firm. That ended up happening. I got two offers. I wanted to move to Melbourne to get my experience, and then maybe one day move back. All this time, I was set on, okay, I know what that next level is. I don't know where this is going to end up, but I'm focusing on that next level because right now, I feel that that is going to take me to where I'm going to get to. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know that this is the next logical stepping point for me. Came to Melbourne, had to work for 12 months before I could start my chartered accounting uh, career. Uh, started that, got my chartered accounting degree through... Uh, studying for a chartered accountant, I realized I didn't want to be a chartered accountant. I didn't like the culture of the organization. I was seeing it amongst uh, you know, all the, the big six, I think it was at the time, maybe big eight, when I went through uh, the culture of the firms. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy the work that much. Uh, I found that I was okay at it, but I wasn't great at it. And I thought, I've got to find something else because I don't absolutely love this, and I know that I'm not using my my strengths to their best here. And so I left. I left there, and I went to and into private industry. Uh, well, well, it was owned by the government, fifty one percent. So I went to Telstra. I went into an accounting role there, different from an, uh, the auditing role that I was doing. Uh, I was there for a couple of years and thought, man, I'm just. Again, my, I'm being overpaid and drastically underutilised, so I thought, I need to move. I went to RACV, I went to internal audit there, and I thought, this is a big organisation, I've got the potential to move around here. Now, each time I was in a role, my goal was to be the best that I could be at that role, learning like a sponge how I could be a better leader, better communicator, better coach, and... I was finding every four, four and a half years I needed a new challenge. So I I was in audit for four and a half years. I then went to a couple of other areas within RACV to find uh, that position that I thought, well, at some point I'm gonna find what I loved. And then after, been like 13 years, I realized that this just isn't me. You know, I'm not gonna find it here. There's only so many sideways moves I can make. I was being the best version of me, I think, in those roles. But again, I didn't feel that I was bringing out my true talents. And that's when I decided that, okay, I need to do what I'm doing now because that's what I truly love and that's how I'm going to make it successful. And I needed that opportunity for me to make all the money on my own merits, not just collecting a pay slip from somebody, but stepping up so that knowing that I'm only going to live If I work, if I bring out the best me. And in doing that, in owning a business, in driving my success and looking for continual growth and success each year, I've brought out the true me, okay, and what I'm supposed to be doing. And all the way along, I've just been looking to be the best version of me in those moments, not knowing where it's going to connect to, apart from knowing that it's going to give me more information, more skills, this is a stepping stone to whatever that next thing is. So for many years, for 19 in fact, I didn't know what that was going to look like. I I, I didn't know. But I had faith in knowing me and knowing that if I just kept bringing my best self forward, you're going to get some great outcomes here and one day it's going to be there for you because you keep staying hungry to search for it. And so the message here is that you may not be the best. There's always someone that's going to be doing better than you. But this is about being the best you. And if you stay focused on continuing to grow wherever you are, that next thing will be there. Just don't stop looking. Use wherever you are as a step to go to that next step. Not to jump two, three, four, five steps just to get to that next step. That's all that's important. And continue to have that progress. Because it doesn't matter what your past has brought you. If you stay focused on what's important for you to keep growing, then everything that you want is just there. Maybe you just haven't done enough to get to it yet. But don't give up. Keep trying. Keep pushing. Because I can tell you that when you get there and you turn around and you look back and you see how far you've come, it's really quite astounding. I think about where I was as a, as a little kid. At one point, wanted to take his own life as a 12-year-old kid to where I am now, to think, wow. In some ways, I think the me now spoke to me back when I was 12 years old. And I remember thinking this at the time, saying this to myself. I don't know what my life is going to look like. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. But I know that this sadness this wanting to end it all is not what I'm meant to be doing. As sad as life is in that moment, I knew that it wasn't always going to be that way. And I never thought about that again, I just said okay, it's, that's over, it's time to move on now. And that's, that's what's up to you. To find that greater purpose. Keep building on what you've got now. Not worrying about the past. And saying, wow, look at this. Look at what I can do now. Stay safe everybody. I'm about to do a workout. See you tomorrow.